<laughs> Reward's not an easy word to say. Yeah, Neither is brewery. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. brewery. Brewery. So it turns out I'm not the only one. Welcome to episode 114 of Craig and Gragging. Craig and Gragging. That's even hard to say. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> got Chris Singsheim in the house from the frozen uh, north. And Chris, can you tell us what's the temp like where you are? It's uh, it's 26 degrees and my fingertips are white. <laughs> all right, all right, everybody. That is Chris Singsheim checking in from the Great White North. That was pre-recorded a long time ago, but I guarantee you it's at least 26 there today. Uh, I'm freezing here in SoCal. It is 58 and it's only 65 inside my house, so I'm, like, dying. I have gloves on. I could barely type on the computer this morning uh, because my hands were so cold. I can't believe it's going to get down tonight to, like, in the 40s, I think. Woo! Uh, 45. Good grief. Overnight temps of 45. All of you suffering here in SoCal with me. Welcome back to another great episode of Creative Writing of probably a short one. Um, We still have, uh, we're going to wrap up a little bit of what happened last weekend. It was a huge weekend for the motorcycle industry, of course, with Mama Tried and Flat Out Friday happening up there in wonderful Wisconsin. I think we should call it wonderful Wisconsin from now on. In milky Milwaukee, up there in wonderful Wisconsin. And we have some stuff coming up that we're going to get to uh, later in the show. I do want to say I'm going to recap my time at Art Ride. I was down there uh, this weekend while Chris was flat tracking over there in uh, on the frozen Midwest. <clears throat> and so we want to get into the show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, Art Ride first, and then we'll get into – we're going to have Chris call in. He's still not back. He, he's back now by the time you're hearing this, but he's still not back yet from his trek across the country. Uh, I'd like, before we get into this week's show, I'd like to say thank you to Narissa and Rick James for those drops that we've been playing for the last few weeks, and the events were just awesome. And uh, the Fuel Cafe event I followed on Instagram, and it looked like so much fun. Saw Mark Rusty Butcher there uh, doing burnouts, and I saw mini bikes jumping off the bars and all sorts of crazy stuff. It was pretty rad looking, and uh, I think Chris can fill us in a little bit on that. I want to thank Rick James for Art Ride, and uh, I'm going to give you a little wrap-up of that right after the news. Oh, oh, whoops. I don't need to do fake sound effects. I have real sound effects. All right, everybody, let's get into some news, Uh, something big that happened this last week that I really am excited to talk about is Harley-Davidson revealed the live wire. No, I'm just kidding. They uh, revealed the new Sportster 1200 Iron or Iron 1200 and the brand new Sportster 48 Special. Now, what's so special about these things is basically the same thing that's special about the Road King Special is that they took an already existing platform and just threw some knickknacks on it here and there. Harley's been doing that forever, and we're not going to fault them for that. It's uh, you know really hard. We're, we've been talking about them a lot lately that they've been going down the tubes and uh, 
you know, been having recall after recall these past few years, and now they are closing plant after plant. And uh, so this is kind of a step in the right direction. This is how they're going to get their 100 bikes in 10 years. They're, they guaranteed us 100 new bikes, and so far I think they're going to be pretty close to 20 of them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the I, I really dig the Iron 1200. It's kind of got – if you have ever seen Wiggins' bike, it, it has like the old AMF Harley, um, like the blue and red paint stripes on it. If you've ever gone bowling and you know what AMF uh, bowling – old bowling logo looks like you kind of know what the paint stripes on on the old harleys look like and this new sportster has kind of gone with that old multi-bar line or multi-bar paint scheme and it looks really kind of old and retro kind of looks like an atari if you're old enough to remember atari and if you're old enough to remember the wolf muller like the very first motorcycle i ever rode back in the 1800s uh it kind of it doesn't look anything like that but anyways yeah so a lot of people are going to say oh they're just taking bikes and throwing some you know uh screaming eagle parts or parts bin stuff on them and you know what that's okay because if you remember, like in the late or in the early two thousands, I guess they had this whole line of like custom bikes that you used to be able to buy. It was like a lot of Dynas and soft tails, and I think maybe even some uh, FLT platforms. And they literally just grabbed them from the parts bin and threw them out onto the dealership's floors, and you basically had like a parts bin custom bike. And the rockers, if you guys remember the rockers and the springers, um, that were kind of came out of that whole custom, uh, like what was going on with TV, you know, American Chopper and all that stuff. They tried to go custom and they tried to do it with the new platforms, which the rockers were. Um, they took like a soft tail. I believe the rockers were soft tails. Yeah. And they did this whole like different rear end on them. So it looked like it was a hard tail with like a solo saddle and like a flip up seat crazy front ends, all this great stuff. I think a lot of people actually like the rockers. And so they're not going that crazy. They're kind of putting a fairing on these things. They're putting like mini fat apes on them and stuff like that. They're just kind of going back. It's not quite like the 72. Like if you look at the 72, it really looked like the Sportster 72, what I'm talking about. It really looks like it was kind of a throwback to the 72 with the big bass uh, boat flake metallics and like the spoke white wall, big old ape hangers. It really kind of beacons back to their or harkens back to the uh the 70s these new ones kind of going back to the 80s and if you're a millennial you were born uh after 1980 i guess um you're gonna look at this and go yeah i saw these when i was a kid growing up in the 90s you know so they're kind of throwing it back to then and uh, i think we're gonna see probably every uh every 10 or 15 years from Harley Davidson, we're going to see a throwback to the prior like 20 years. It's 90s, the 20 years ago. Yeah, it's like 20 to 30 years ago, I guess. Um, so yeah, we're going to see like throwbacks, and that's going to be like the nostalgic. You know, uh, there's a lot of guys buying old bikes now from the 70s and 80s. A lot of knuckles and panheads and stuff I see all over the chopular, as uh, Helen Babies from the Girl on a Moto podcast calls them, ch- very chopular people who are like popular in the moto uh, in the in the chopper scene. They're going for these old real rigids from the 70s and like 80s and stuff like that with these knuckleheads and panheads and blah blah blah. Well. The iron heads and the new, what we're going to probably see soon is the shower heads. Uh, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the next thing in the next like 20 years. What these people are looking back toward, like, oh, I remember like in the 2000s, like, remember how bikes looked, you know, 
you know, we're going to try and go to that. Whatever we have in, in two, 20 years, electric bikes or hover bikes or fuel cell bikes, whatever we have, people are going to go, yeah, I remember bikes in the 2000s. And they're going to go back to that. And those 2000 bikes would be looking back to the 90s. So I think they've really done a good job not making it like a retro, like too retro. They didn't. They haven't gone street tracker or scrambler with anything. But if you've ever seen Harley scrambler builds or Harley cafe racer builds that are done off like of 80s and 90s bikes, you'll know that this is like a totally doable, doable platform. And I think Marissa, Marissa, Narissa, MKE, who is Narissa from the Milwaukee Rivets that we uh, have been talking about for the past couple episodes, um, she actually, on her Instagram, I think they did a uh, Iron 1200 Cafe Racer build. So that is on, if you go check that out, it's so nice looking and it sounds awesome. So they're totally uh, kind of doing the Sportster platform. You know, the streets have been tra- uh, tracked out. And when the street first debuted, there was like a Cafe Racer. There was a, b- a Brat style. Um, there was a Street Tracker. Now all the hooligan guys are taking them. Um, the street rod specifically because of the, uh, the, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So the, the, the frames and everything is a little bit better for, for racing than the first street, the regular street. But, um, so, you know, those things were get are getting flat tracked a lot and that's going to be Harley's official bike for the flat tracking. So now we're seeing these sportsters kind of get the treatment that the, uh, I want to say that the soft tails did, although the soft tails and Dinah's merged and like have this whole new radical new for Harley frame, you know, the, the sportsters aren't getting quite that, but they're getting a more customizable platform. I've seen a lot of sportster roadsters, saw a few out on the track at Willow Springs when, when me and Wiggins went up there. And it's really cool to see what, what people are taking stock off the showroom to the track. You know what I mean? So here's another, uh, you know, another thing, another notch on Harley's belt for a pretty cool stock looking bike, the 1200 and the 48 or the 1200, um, iron and the 48 special. So that's pretty cool given the, you know, the doom and gloom that we've heard about Harley for the past few months. Uh, something else in the news, I've been getting bombarded by Energica and Ducati. They both want you to know, they're both Italian companies, by the way. They both want you to know how good they're doing. I think I mentioned, if I didn't mention it before, um, Moto Energica, or Energica is partnering with some dealerships here in Santa Monica and, you know, of course, SoCal has a very large charging station network, a California in general, I think. And um, so, yeah, they're kind of partnering to get their, uh, you know, kind of showcase the bikes and then pump up their FIM Moto E um, presence. So they're, they're partnering with a lot of SoCal dealerships and even some uh, large companies, you know, like Fortune 500 style companies um, to get the word out that they are coming, they're large and in charge. And... It's funny because they are the FIM, you know, uh, electric bike of choice, and unfortunately, it's not an American manufacturer. So I'm really excited for like Zero and Lightning, um, Polaris to get in here. You know, they they bought Bramo a while ago, and they had the in- the the uh, Victory Impulse. They still got that uh, technology. Um, well, they still got all the patents and technology and all the information they're hanging out in a file cabinet somewhere so i'm really excited to see if they come back on because the impulse was from what i heard with a pretty bitchin bike if you talk to people from other electric bike companies they'll tell you it was terrible but it was uh winning the isla man tt i think it won the uh i think it won the pikes peak hill climb right before uh you know, the year before last or something like that. So, I mean, this is, it was a cool bike and I can't wait to see if that comes back out. Of course, by that time, Harley will hopefully have theirs, uh, 
all dialed in and, and coming out. And that and that actually is the other, another news from Harley is that they've there's been some patents released that the motors and the battery technology, like all the electrical technology, is going under the uh, brand or they're going to be marketed under the Revelation. So you have the uh, the Revolution, Evolution, and Revelation now. Um, you know, coming from them. So that may be what they call all electric bikes in the future is the, uh, the revelation package on their live wires. And, <clears throat> and then what else was the news? I was going to talk. Oh yeah. Ducati. Jeez. Ducati coming out. Uh, they were talking about their sales figures being, you know, growth year over year over year, along with BMW and now Triumph, uh, moving to Thailand and they went up 900% or whatever the hell they did. So these, these smaller companies that don't have quite the market presence here in the U S are getting that market presence. Ducati actually shot a press release out recently that they're bringing the, the V4 here to California and they're. <clears throat> very excited to announce that they are, you know, doing well. They're launching the V4, the Monster, and the uh, like the 1290 or the 1260, whatever the hell their like super enduro thing is. So they're like super excited to be re- releasing their 2018 model lineup, you know, that we've been hearing about and seeing. Boom, now it's it's uh, ready to be launched. So a couple of exciting things. Uh, something else has been popping up in the news that I've been hearing a lot about. I think we mentioned on last week's show, Harley Davidson coming out with the Revelation motor. That's what they're going to be calling their uh, battery and drivetrain uh, technologies on their on their live wire bikes. However, did you know that uh, did you know that Harley Davidson is now a partner with Alta? Uh, that just came out yesterday. Harley Davidson partnered with Alta and owns part of or is partnering with them to develop electric drivetrain uh you know alta is an american company too and i think that's why harley is partnering with them and this not only presents harley a quicker uh like a, a quick step into the live wire you know bring the live wire to market next year a couple of years ahead of their planned schedule i think but it also offers alta a partnership to perhaps expand beyond dirt bikes and get into cruiser markets and stuff like that so yay harley yay alta and i told everybody at the round table that uh hey electric is the future but nobody believed me and now america's biggest manufacturer is getting in bed with america's best electric bike manufacturer we'll see where things go new motorcycles and one of the topics we got <laughs> which really got uh, larry just basically took control of the whole conversation it was all him at that point and liza you know but they were talking about the electric bikes oh god it was going on about that hey ted i'm just saying dudes i'm not saying <laughs> you have to buy one i'm just t- saying what the future is bruh all right uh speaking of other chopper news or other motorcycle news I may have just chopped that one and spoiled it a little bit. Uh, well, actually, I just, I, I don't know where I've seen it, but uh, if you're a fan of American Chopper, obviously I don't like that show, but uh, I heard they're making a comeback. I really uh, don't like uh, reality TV because living in L.A., you know, you come to find out, you learn that nothing is real, actually, on those shows. So um, they're coming back. They said... A winter of 2018 production, you know, release date, whatever. Uh, I think it's coming out soon, uh, real soon. 
Um, maybe this weekend, by the time you're hearing this, maybe it's already been out. I'm in the dark on this. Please fill me in. Anyway, so <clears throat> they've been off the air for five years. It was one of Discovery's most... Uh, I one of the most more popular shows, I guess. It had you know billions of viewers worldwide. Blah blah blah. Uh, but the thing is, is that the whole show was kind of like similar to the Howard Stern show, where it just became more about the fighting and yelling at interns and people that work there than it did about building bikes. And I really don't like choppers to begin with um, because they're awesome to ride and they're handle really good. Um, so I don't know why I wouldn't like them. Sarcasm, sarcasm. So anyway. Most of their choppers, to me, ended up looking like the same thing. Like you take the same frame and just plopped a, you know, insert whatever, fire truck, dragon, hamburger, whatever the fuck they built them out to. They kind of always look the same to me, and I'm pretty sure that they use the same frame for everything. So it's not like they were building, like, crazy radical stuff. And they did have some uh, some of the cooler stuff that I've seen up in their uh, – from their – page or from their, you know, archives or whatever was stuff that wasn't choppers. And, uh, so to be honest, I never really watched that show. Um, I have a friend who works at Harley Davidson that was like into that show, but he was also into storage wars. And I don't know if he goes around buying people's junk. So, uh, the thing is, is that over the past five years, there's been, they've been in the news. It's kind of like dog, the bounty hunter, you know, when you're out of that, when you're out of the news for a while, people are like looking to see where you at, what's, what scandal's been going on with you here and there. Um, so Paul Jr. has been literally, I guess, you know, he was making grills last time I heard like barbecues, um, using those awesome fabrication skills to bend up, uh, boxes with grates and so you could cook your meat. And the dad, has expanded their shop to include like a bowling alley, a cafe, um, I don't know, movie theater. I, I don't know what the hell, plus a showroom. And basically, um, yeah, a bowling alley, a restaurant, uh, a cafe, and a shop. And so he's lacking foot traffic, though. And when I hear Orange County, I think of California, right? But I, I'm pretty sure they're like in and or Florida because like I think of naval oranges being grown in Florida. I don't know why, what the hell. But anyway – I think Orange County is like in New Jersey or like New York or something. Like I literally have no idea where the hell Orange County is. Um, but the big news coming out is not that both people are failing and they're going to get these guys back together because everyone loves good fighting. If it bleeds, it leads sort of thing. Um, is that Paul Sr. is coming under fire right now. There was a, a lawsuit began I think like almost a year ago. Um, where there was a guy named Thomas Derbyshire that was coming in and – um, I think in 2015 they were like talking about reviving it and getting filming underway so they could uh, get this release out. And he entered a contract with Paul Senior, yeah, with the senior guy, the old, old greasy old guy. And they basically had like this deal where he's going to finance the show, the revival of it, um, called uh, Orange County Choppers American Made or something like that. And basically, Tuttle, the old old Tuttle, um, took. A week-long fishing trip, um, refused to start be on air with Rusty Coombs. If you know who Rusty Coombs is, he was um, – well, he was famous in the chopper scene. He was also on Sons of Anarchy. You'd know him if you saw him. Um, so he re- refused to be uh, on screen with that guy. He also got like a free lift from some company because he made a deal like, oh, I'll show the lift in my – in the show, and I'll mention, oh yeah, we're using our blah 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 lift here, and then you guys give us a lift. He also mentioned like a dog food company or something like that. 
where and they gave his girlfriend like a bunch of dog food for her dog rescue center. So it's not like bad stuff, but it's, it was off the books. And the other guy saw none of that, and the other guy didn't know it was it was going on. And also, he used some of that three million or whatever the guy put up, whatever Derbyshire put up. Tuttle used it to pay his kid, and like yeah, just kind of like okay, well, I'm going to use all this money to do what I'm going to do. And my shop's kind of failing right now because we, we added on and did all this crazy stuff, yet we don't even have any foot traffic coming here. And his son's in the same kind of boat. I mean, we, we always talk about how the motorcycle DIY scene is really big right now and the community garages are really big. But, you know, $50,000 custom choppers aren't that big right now, especially when I just mentioned that Harley-Davidson's pulling out some pretty cool stuff from the showroom. So... Uh, I think right now the Tuttles are really feeling it. Yeah, exactly. So if you're into American Chopper and you like that sort of stuff where uh, it's less about the bikes and more about dudes screaming at each other for 25 minutes or however long the show is, 49 minutes, and then you get to see a bike that the other people in the shop built, then go ahead and go watch it. It's supposed to be coming out soon. That is the nose. All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, really quickly before I get into whoa, the the uh, what happened at Art Ride this weekend, I want to give an update. We've had some uh, interesting news. Uh, so let's get back to the news then, why don't we? Well, first thing, it's not really news, it's an email. One of the emails is coming to us from Matt over at uh, motor, mymotorbikeobsessions.blog. He's the guy that's been checking in with us about the flat track stuff. He says, hey, gents, I haven't checked in in a while. I want to give you my new flat tracker update. He took a week off of work and made it out to Milestone last Wednesday. He works in Mongolia, so that's why he had to take a week off. It was a long ride out there from Mongolia to Milestone. It was a perfect day for turning some laps. Go Takamini and his wife Masumi were there with some other guy named Mark Walters. Hey, some other guy, what's up? So Go and Masumi had two of their SR500s as well as Go's handshift Indian. I hope Go's out there when I take my SR250 out there. Um, I struck up a conversation with all three of them as we had the track all to ourselves. Go and Mark took time to give me some pointers, and Go really took extra time to work with me. He even rode my bike to help me with some gearing ideas. He dumped it once, but it was cool to have a builder and a rider of his caliber take time to work with me. I'm loving the flat track community, and I can't wait to get back out there and ride looks like i won't be out this coming sunday oh looks like i will be out this coming sunday with my new light shoe and i'll make it to veggie plate three i can't wait so mark we're totally stoked to see you out there at vp3 i plan on being at vp3 i'm pretty sure yeah oh yeah so here's the skinny from the creative writing studios is that we are moving house okay what that means is that I'm going to be very busy for the next couple of weeks, which sucks because there's actually quite a little bit of stuff happening and coming up that Wiggins and I have planned or have not planned, but have decided to try and do. Uh, let me see. St. Patty's Day is one thing. I'm going to get drunk and drink a lot of green beer, except for that's the day that I'm going to be moving house. So I probably won't be doing that, um, which means that the weeks leading up to that are also going to be a little bit sketchy as far as like what is going down and what I'm able to do. Wiggins and I have talked about some stuff and I hope to be kind of free some of these Sundays um, before that, before the move. 
Um, I'm going to try and pack up and paint as much as I can for you guys just so that I can continue to do this while me and Wigs plan on some other stuff. So the other great news is that I don't know if I already mentioned this or not, but I've officially signed up for the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. We have a lot of riders. I know that Paul is returning for us, um, a.k.a. legendary field producer Bri Viffer. Um, I know that I think Nikki Schroeder signed up for us. I'm pretty sure Chris Singsheim signed up for us. The John just said a lot of people have signed up, so I haven't gone to check the official page to see if they posted who has ridden, but that's a few of the people that he told me and a few of the people that have mentioned that they are riding for team creative riding. Now, this year – now, Chris, it's funny because he doesn't really commute on his bikes. He races his bikes um, but doesn't really commute. And so you can have a team of three, but they have to have previously ridden – Last year, if I read the rules correctly. So that means Paul and Chris Singsheim, Nitrous Chris, can be on my team um, if Chris doesn't, uh, if co host Wiggins doesn't uh, end up signing up. And I don't think he's going to. And I think it might be detrimental to have him sign up and then not be able to ride. You know what I mean? So, and laps don't count on the racetrack because he, none of his bikes have odometers. So, plus, you know, he's probably spins 20 miles at a race that's a three-eighths you know oval or something like that or at willow springs you know he doesn't go out there that often enough to have the laps really add up so <laughs> at any rate and it's also not riding to a municipality so we probably won't have wiggins ride for us we'll probably have sing sign aka nitrous chris and paul aka bry viffer legendary field producer extraordinaire riding for us this year and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna try and not blow up um spamela anderson uh, because I, I'm going to be doing probably maybe um like I said, me and Wiggins got some plans in the works. I may be doing some stuff on her before the challenge, and so oh, fingers crossed I don't blow her up. She's already looking pretty shabby. I, I don't know if I've got like a warped head or a crack somewhere, but uh, there's copious amounts of oil on the front of my motor. Every time I uh, give it a valve adjust, and I I don't know if it's leaking out of somewhere or if I've warped something or just blasting around it to uh, 85 miles an hour everywhere I go on a old clapped out vintage 250 is uh, really what those things were intended for. So at any rate, that's a little bit of the news and <laughs> a little bit of the news and a little bit of creative writing updates. If you have anything that you want to tell us, send it to askwigs at gmail.com or creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. I've re-recorded the beginning of the show a couple times now because of audio quality, so I don't know if I've already said that 17 times. If I have, sorry, but uh, askwigs is askwiggz at gmail.com. And then creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com is k-r-a-l-m-a-n-g-i-n-g-o-p-o-l-a-m-g-s-k at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mike. Hey, all you crazy gearheads out there. I've got some news for you if you're interested in listening up. Daily Bikers has awesome stuff at the Daily Bikers store. You know Dan from uh, episode, I believe it was 27, The Man from the Future. We've talked to Dan. We've talked about Dan a thousand hundred million times. Go check out dailybikers.com. If you go to actually go to Etsy and search Daily Bikers, you're bound to find his shop on there. He's got 106 items. And what you can find there is stuff like no notebooks like the ones I use to do show notes in, birthday cards, gift cards, lots of magnets. He has lots of positive reviews. He has a uh, coloring book that was out for a while and you can check that out. It's got 33 illustrations, I believe. And he's got 
artwork, like framed artwork for your office, uh, pillow covers, gift wrap. If you want to get somebody a cool gift and then give them wrapping paper that is actually some of his drawings. And uh, stick, like I said, I already mentioned sticker packs. Like he's got all sorts of stuff and it ranges from very well priced to extremely well priced. I would go over there right now and check it out. You know what a lot of people have when they get a motorcycle, you know, you look up motorcycle, whatever, you know, insert insert thing here amazon you know ebay whatever they're all freaking like old cruisers and they don't even have a name on them because they're not licensed you go to dan's check him out he's got not only does he have sport bikes which you hardly ever see he's also got classic bikes and he has harley davidson cruisers but he's also got dirt bikes you never see dirt bike stuff so check out dailybikers.com today for that gift for that motorhead and your family go back and check out episode 27 with dan All right, everybody, I hope you are ready to hear a little bit about Art Ride CA. This weekend, while the co-host was up shredding the pavement, the Coke syrup, the Dr. Pepper syrup, whatever type of syrup they use up in Milwaukee, I was down in SoCal at uh, Good Times California Oceanside Legacy Brewing. God, Brewing. There I go again. Refer to the beginning of the episode. Uh, so down, I, was, I went down there to Art Ride. Art Ride CA it was we've been pumping it for a while it's rick uh, ortiz he's got he had a lot of stuff there we talked to him he's a great mural artist uh if you go back to episode 99 and listen to twisted throttles he was one of the premier artists there that we got to see along with nate bickham and guess who should both be there nate bickham and uh our good buddy rick james throwing the event but we also ran into some other people that we haven't talked to in a while but have been previously on the show cerberus moto was uh there who else was there? Um, legendary field producer Brian Viffer. His name's come up about 3,000 times in this episode. He was there with his beautiful wife. Uh, I don't know what her middle name. I don't know. The hipster name game. That was a whole game where we came up with Brian Viffer. I don't know her name. I was going to call her Sonia. So until we find out what her hipster name is, that's what she shall be called. So I ran into them there. I talked with Dave and Jen from Cerberus Moto for quite a while, hung out in their little booth that they had there. And, uh, of course, I hung out with Brian Viffer forever. He, uh, I traded him a keychain for street taco. That was a good uh, transaction on my part. The street, street tacos were delicious. Uh, the event had awesome music, live music. Of course, the little art section. Um, it was at a brewery, so of course there's lots of bar food and, and uh, good times and already a lot of people there. The, the parking lot out front was really cool because it wasn't just a bunch of baggers and stuff. There was a lot of bikes there and even a couple scooters. So I was pretty stoked to see a big range of everything. Now, granted, there was a lot of Harleys, but there was also uh, Ducati Monster, just like Wiggins, but uh, a little bit newer and, and uncut. A uh, what else was there? The, oh, the Jixer 750 was there that we always talk about. Like, why do they still make uh, 750s? There's not like really a class for them, but you know, the 750 was there. Uh, there was a Ducati there, uh, besides the Monster, and I don't remember what it was. I think there was a KTM, like a uh, Super Duke or something there, or a RC9 390. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out front mixed in with the Harleys, and there was like a Honda, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Honda Chopper. And, uh, ooh, I saw some old CB, just like, you know, standard, like I said, I saw a scooter, all sorts of crazy stuff There was, uh, at this event I wasn't even expecting. Like it was really, really cool to see, uh, all these bikes that you, you hear, you know, biker event and you think Harleys. So there was an appropriate amount of Harleys there. I do have to say, uh, 
quite a few, you know, beards and tattoos and uh, cuts were there. So it was kind of a, there was a lot of clubs there, I think, promoting, um, you know, Law Tigers was there. A uh, couple pla- couple places giving away products were there. There was a guy sewing vests that was there. Like you want your own, your own cut. He was there to embroider it. So there was a lot of different cool stuff back in the alley. <clears throat> pardon me, which was like the vendor area. If anybody knows how to alleviate this uh, cold that I've been having too, I'd be uh, grateful. All right, so I digress. Anyways, um, yeah, so the event was rad. Like I said, there was a lot of cool uh, vendor action happening there as well as the art, and the raffle was amazing. If you go to Legacy, the uh, Art Ride CA Instagram, you'll see all the winners. They were raffling off not only uh, pictures, not only some of the art there. Uh, they were off, off, raffling off skateboard decks that were painted by people like Paint by Smokey, I think, painted one. Zorak painted a couple. Um, Rick James might have even painted a couple. But the art was actually really, really, really cool. There was, you know, Nate has his own style of art, which was, you know, proudly on display there, and you could tell that Nate did it. Nate has a couple things in the works too that he and I were talking about. He's got a, a motor, you know, he's got like 52 pieces of art now in his in his repertoire. And so what he's done is he's taken that and he's turned it into a playing card deck. Now, if you want to go get those, I think he's doing a limited run. So you might want to check him out pretty quickly and uh, get yourself a playing card deck made of Nate Bickham's illustrations of the motorcycle people that we always are talking about. I know Wiggs is in there. Wiggs has talked about Jasper, who is this little guy that uh, flat tracks, he's, you know, Part of the part of the SoCal flat track scene, uh, there's a lot of people like Purple Rain that that uh, Chris has talked about. Um, there's a Nacho Libre one, but you know, just if if you're uh, in the SoCal or flat tracking hooligan motorcycle scene, you're probably in uh, this deck of cards that Nate's made. He's also made some really cool chopper portraits. Uh, he like I think uh, just at Mama tried. I mean, not Mama tried. At the uh, the one show up in Portland, he was up there with a portrait of a chopper that he had uh, done, you know, a piece of, and then the actual bike was there too. So, uh, from Jeffrey Carver all the way to the most famous hooligan of them all, Chris Wiggins, he has done a portrait, and now they are available in tiny playing card, you know, useful utilitarian things. Um, one other guy that was there, like I mentioned, Rick, who was putting it on, had a couple pieces of art up there. And truly magnificent. Rick does a lot of murals. He's actually been working up here by me doing some murals on some schools and stuff. And uh, so the funny thing is, is he does these pieces on on wood and they're big for art. You know, they're not a small hand-drawn thing. They're like this bigger, bigger size thing. But the ones he had there were scaled down a little bit, which is really cool. Also there in the art, hanging up with the art, was leather work. It reminds me of Mike Miranda from the Motorcycles Misfits podcast, the stuff that he's been doing, just picking up some leather, tooling it, painting it. It looks awesome. Well, these were done up insane. They were they were kind of large, you know, like cruiser bagger saddles. Um, so, you, you know, when you have a motorcycle, if you look at a motorcycle seat in a picture and you think it's little, but if, when you see them up close, they can be pretty big. Um, I, the M109R, me and uh, Chris sat on at the uh, IMS, Long Beach, and dude, that thing was the the saddle was so big that it splayed my legs out like a dang orangutan. Like I felt like a bow legged cowboy sitting on that thing. I wouldn't be able to ride those bikes. I kind of I like the way they look, but I I definitely wouldn't be able to sit on that stock saddle. They're so wide. It's almost like riding a, a stinking horse, you know. 
And so the saddles that they had there, big, really big, and they just were filled all the way out to the outside with this intricate, intricate tooling and coloring and painting and uh, just looked really, really awesome. You could tell a tradesman, you know, a true skilled craftsman made those. Uh, the music was awesome, like I said. Helen Babies and Beulah, who is, I think, the motorcycle man nicknamed Debbie Durag. So, of course, we're talking about Beulah and Connie from the Girl on the Moto podcast. Um, I thought they showed up. I thought I saw her cruising around. I was on the phone with my buddy from 59 Cafe, who we've had on the show before. And uh, he's actually now, he's wintering down in San Diego as a scooter mechanic. And um, so until the, <clears throat> until the frozen wasteland up in Idaho goes away, he said he's going to stay down here. And uh, so basically I was on the phone with them and I thought I saw Connie walk in and I hung up with them and I ran over and I was like, oh, that's not, it's not Connie. They look a lot like her, but you know, unless Connie's hair grows a foot a day, it was not Connie. Um, Connie messaged me later and said she was there. And I said, I thought I saw you. Only the girl turned out to have like, unless your hair grew two feet since I saw you last time at the women's moto show up here in LA, you know, it was just like last month, right? And uh, so she's like, dude, they're called extensions. That was me. You should have said hi, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she was there. I totally missed my chance to, to blab with Connie. I would have loved to interview her while she was interviewing Rick James. So I think you're going to hear Rick on her next show. And uh, I'm really bummed that I saw her and didn't, you know, nobody recognized me either. That's one of the funny things about hanging out. Bri Viffer recognized me. And Bri Viffer, he's got, uh, you know, he's he's a tall guy with an unmistakable face. And I saw him from way across the parking lot, parking his VFR. So there's another non-Harley that was there at the show. <clears throat> and he, and, pardon me, he and his wife came in and, uh, God, we chatted forever. And it was so much fun talking to Brian Viffer and he recognized me and I look a little different. I got my hair cut a little bit. I was growing out my Larry and Ticer mullet and the lady at the, at the, uh, the old lady at the, um, barbershop put the kibosh on that. I trimmed up my well, I trimmed up my facial hair a little bit. I don't know if I had it trimmed up by the time when when, when I was down there, but I, I look a little bit different. So I don't think Connie recognized me. I don't think Rick James recognized me, and I don't think Dave from J and Jen from Cerberus Moto recognized me when I was cruising around um, and first started talking to him until I started, you know, until we kind of got into, you know, the last time you guys were on the show and blah, 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 and then we started talking about all the great stuff they're doing. So it was kind of funny. That's part of, like, not – Nate recognized me, but when you see my face once, like, uh, it's hard to not – uh, be able to recognize this disgusting and ugly, grotesque mug of mine. So Nate, Nate picked me out, and uh, Bryviffer picked me out. But you know, everybody else. That's that's kind of the problem of not being able to be photographed. Is that like nobody really knows what I look like, and when I get updated, it's like throws them off completely. So it was kind of fun rehashing and, and seeing these people, and they're like, don't know who I am again. So I, I kind of, it's kind of funny. I kind of like that aspect of. Uh, doing the podcast is that like you always go in as a fresh face that everybody's kind of reintroducing themselves to even when they met you. So, uh, that's one funny thing that happened. Uh, Bri Viffer and I, like I said, we hung out and talked a lot. I think he dug the show. It was kind of, um, I mean, it was no twisted throttles where you had like drag racing going on. I mean, there wasn't a whole bunch of bike stuff except for the fact that you are with like 500 other like-minded individuals. So that alone was pretty cool. Being in a, <clears throat> Pardon me. Being in a brewery and having all that delicious food around was another uh, added benefit. Now, did I ride Spamla Anderson down? No, I did not. I was going to, and about 
uh, I'm going to say about 30 minutes or 40 minutes into the trip, I was regretting it because the traffic was so bad. I thought I could have been splitting lanes right now. I only would have probably got there, you know, 20 minutes earlier, but I still got there like 5.30 or something like that. And the event kicked off at 5. And so people were just getting warmed up and people were still arriving when I got there. Pardon me. God dang. So anyways, yeah, I didn't ride down because I remembered Twisted Throttles. And if you remember me whining about Twisted Throttles, you'll remember that it was November. It was freezing ass cold. And right now we're in like a little bit of a cold snap where it's been like in the 50s. And on the freeway at 80 miles an hour, that equals like, you know, the 40s or the 30s. I didn't want to ride home like that again uh, because of at Twisted Throttles. I almost froze my uh, testicles off and really, I mean, I would have been riding up the coast, which is even cooler. It's like 20 degrees cooler uh, on the coast than it is inland. So who knows? It could have been in the 20s. <laughs> so I drove down. I lost my phone charger down there. So if you found yourself a beautiful iPhone charger with the creative writing, uh, custom creative writing sticker on it, uh, those stickers haven't gone out to many people. Um, congratulations and enjoy it. That's uh, on the show. And I got to talk to Dave Pardon me there, I had to go ahead and uh, take care of some nasal business. So I got to talk to Dave and Jen, like I said, from Cerberus Moto, and they were there since we last interviewed Cerberus. So much stuff has happened, it's, it's exciting. Like, you know, Bri Viffer's like 99% back um, since last time we talked to him. And last time we talked to him, I think was at Twisted Throttles, and he had just been in an accident like a week before, right? So Bri Viff, he's back to 99%. He still has his VFR, which we might talk him into making a uh, like a hooligan or street bike out of. We don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. But the crazy thing is, is that that you know that happened. He's all recovered and recouped. Um, Cerberus Moto. The last time we talked to them, they are like two miles away from their previous location, just from when we interviewed him a little over a year ago, and so or well, about a year ago actually. I think we interviewed him last February of 2017, 2018. They've already moved. They moved last September to a new, bigger location. And if you've been paying attention to our Instagram feed, we've been reposting a lot of the stuff where they're having gear companies come in. They're having motorcycle manufacturers show up. Dave's had having offers for people to they want custom builds like he did the athena bike is just so awesome and they did the monkey like all these rad custom bikes that they do suzuki wants to get on board and they want him to customize a van van so we're gonna see how that goes but lo and behold what do they have out in front of their uh, if you listen if you go back and listen to episode 64 i believe is a cerberus moto episode you'll hear dave talk about his beginnings his humble beginnings in the motorcycle industry and he worked you know for a couple dealers harley and i think he loves hondas he might have worked for a honda dealership but he worked for confederate now when he worked at confederate he built the hellcats and all this stuff and maybe the wraiths and this and that and so he um had out in front of their booth there a confederate hellcat number 14 and he's like telling me all about the bike and that the purchase history of it and this and that and i won't get into detail because i don't know how much he wants to share but the the basic thing is is that he has put like doubled the miles that has been on it for i think he said he got it used uh, with tw- like only 1,200 miles on it. And that's after like, I think he said Don Kinney or somebody had done 
a test ride on it. Not Don, not maybe not Don Kinney, but I forget what motor journalist uh, Cathcart. I think uh, like Alan Cathcart or somebody. Somebody did like a write up on it and had it for like a week. The original owner only put like 800 miles on it. Uh, all this crazy stuff, right? And he's like, dude, I got. I've been on this thing like tearing the crap out of it and riding it around and just loving it. And I've doubled doubled the miles that were on it from purchase, you know, from the time of purchase. And we were talking about the specs and like, he's like, nothing's on this bike that doesn't need to be on there. This bike is 440 pounds, which I believe is lighter than Wiggins' Sportster. And like, you know, Bri Viffer was like, yeah, that's like the weight of my VFR, you know, my 800 VFR. The thing is 2,200 cc's, like a 2.2 liter uh, SNS motor wedged into this 440 pound frame. And it looks like it's crazy. He started it up. My phone video doesn't even do justice to like the crazy, crazy sound coming out of this thing. So that was a really fun, really fun time. I had, uh, Rick James, sorry, we didn't get a chat in person, but you were also running around like a crazy madman with your head cut off, just trying to keep everything going smooth. The raffles looked rad. I didn't end I didn't stay long enough to see who actually won the roller, the chassis that he had there, but, uh, congrats to whoever won that. I have one in my garage right now. If anybody is interested in converting it to an electric bike or, uh, you know, a shaft drive, I have a roller that you can have for $25. And, uh, so yeah, it was great event and I had a lot of fun. Sorry. I didn't get to hang out with Connie and sorry. I didn't get to talk to Rick again, but I did hang out with Nate, hung out with Cerberus and hung out with Bri Viffer. What else could you ask for? And Bri, thank you so much for the street tacos. They were friggin' delish. And, uh, yeah, they were, uh, his wife, Sonia was worried about, um, freezing her butt off on the way home. Cause it started to get really chilly when we were leaving. And that's one reason why I didn't ride down is I knew I'd be freezing all the way home. Cause, uh, I think they had about 45 minutes to ride back to their house and I had like at least an hour and a half. So didn't want to freeze it. Plus I'm saving Spamla so I can win the motorcycle podcasters challenge. All right. Well, that's Art Ride in a nutshell. Hopefully we'll get to talk to Rick. He's got a couple ideas coming up here in the near future that hopefully we get to talk to him about. And uh, let's uh, take a little break and then we'll chat with Wiggins. Hey, this is Eliza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast here in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And when I have nothing better to do, I listen to the Creative Writing Podcast. Right yeah, there. there's a hooligan for you. He said, I'm not in the 
I'm not the main event. I don't need that tire anymore. Fucking Wiggins. We, we got a just, smoke show behind us. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the arena smoked out. And uh... All right, everybody. We're going to see if we can get Chris here on the line. We'll find out where the hell he's at and uh, hear how the trip was. We're going to hear how Mama Tried was and uh, see how the drive's going. It's going pretty good. <laughs> What's going on? You... Oh, just living the dream, dude. Yeah, you caught me on the intro a little bit there. Oh, that's fine. Hey. I am like 60 miles from Flagstaff, and I just want to be home. Yeah, I bet, dude. So, long, long drive. Long drive. I, like, I, I stopped kind of early yesterday because I thought I'd wake up sooner, and I didn't. So that sucks, but whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. Long drive out, long drive back. Next year... We'll get uh, a listener to go with you. And we're supposed to race. Well, X Games is in Minneapolis. That's a two-day with two people drive, too. And then we have another race in eastern Tennessee. Uh, Actually, in a couple weeks, there's a race in Florida. So we got to figure that out. But I don't think I'm going. Man. So it's, yeah, dude, it is nuts. (laughs) So whatever. Yeah. So, hey. How did it go? We're going to try and do like a half an hour chat here. And I know you and I, when we sit down half an hour, <laughs> right? like just saying, hi, yeah. how was the ride over? So uh, yeah, let's start. Went, wait, let's start with your drive out. Cause I, we cut off with you in Salt Lake city. Oh, after, so after Salt Lake city, it went pretty smooth. Right after I got off the phone with you, I like, uh, I got into Montana on the 80, like North Eastern Utah into Montana on the 80. And it's like, don't use cruise control, slick spots. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like chilling, doing like 60, 65. And uh, I crest a hill and the entire freeway is just covered in snow, like an inch thick, just like hard pack, icy snow. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I drove like 30 down the freeway for the next, I don't know how many hours. And it got like my truck temp gauge for a while, not on the motor, but for the outside said negative 20 for a while. <clears throat> Imagine if your temp, <laughs> the yeah, right. temp was negative twenty, dude. It was God crazy. Dang. Yeah. I, well, and it's nighttime too, so I mean, obviously yeah. there goes all the in this in the daytime. You might have black ice, but at least uh, it would melt after a little while, you know. Well, at negative twenty though, even at the daytime, it's going to stay around. Yeah, that's so, true. It was just it was God. crazy. It wasn't as sketchy as I thought. Like. When I first saw it, it scared the shit out of me. I'm like tapping my brakes, trying to slow the truck down and feeling it all like move around. Cause it was like this good, like little downhill and I'm like cruising cause there was nothing before it. So I'm like, get it all slowed down. Like, I'm like, should I pull off? And all the like semis kept going and I'm like, fuck, I don't like if I pull off, like what if it snows more tomorrow or whatever? Like it's at, at that point it was only like zero to negative 10, you know, not super cold. <laughs> So, but I'm like, it's not going to warm up until like midday tomorrow. And what's it going to do? Warm up to five above. I was like, it's not going to do any good for that. And I didn't see anything out cleaning the roads. Yeah. So I just like cruised at like 3540 for the next few hours, stopped and slept. It was the only time I slept with my truck running and the heat on and then woke up, uh, still got cold, woke up and drove and, uh, like probably went another three or four hours doing 40 mile an hour and then started to get out of Wyoming a little into Nebraska and it started to melt. 
Yeah, God so, dang. You, I, I really appreciate the truck drivers uh, now because they, they do this shit all day long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is their life. But yeah, the, I mean, six months uh, out of the year, if you're taking stuff to the north or northwest, like, it's, it's all of it. And they clean out, like, some of them were cruising, but a lot of them were doing, like, 30 mile an hour. Right. But everyone's well, like, well, they weigh more. And I'm like, that's more weight to get stopped, too. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a bigger fuck up if something goes wrong. And at night, too, it's got to be kind of sketchy not being able to see. Like, it's got you're going purely by feel because you can't see any weird patches of road coming up or any, any shit like that. Like it that. wasn't Ugh. too bad because the snow's so white that it's bright outside. So, like, yeah, it's dark, but it's really not that dark. Like, the moon lights everything up because it was so bright on the ground. Right. Yeah, but I think the, it, was a full, it was a full moon, too. It was, like, night vision, probably. It wasn't bad, yeah. But the So the right lane had, like, an inch of snow, and the left lane kept having patches that looked clear. And I was like, cool, and I'd get in the left lane, and then you'd see them, like, start to, when they'd start to go away, I could see them be all glazy, and I was like, never mind, I'll just stay out of the left lane. So it was kind of cre- creepy, but yeah. so oh, I made it to Milwaukee at like nine thirty in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Did you get your uh, bed and breakfast or wherever your Airbnb? No, not that night. Not until the night after. Damn. So yeah, did I haven't you, slept you, much in the last week. Yeah. Did you get to end up stopping in Des Moines for the the tap kung fu tap and taco? I did. I only stopped for about an hour. I'm glad I stopped on the way because um, I like. I didn't get a stop on the way back. I ended up going south to come back, so I'm down in Arizona. It added, like, two or three hours to my trip, but the weather, like, it's 60 degrees out. Yeah. So I'm like, warnings through Flagstaff, but yeah, we'll see. So It's been in the 50s here, and I feel like it's been below 20 here. <laughs> yeah. But you were in some actual legit freezing shit. How was uh, Milwaukee? How was the weather there? The weather there was nice. Like, it was... I mean, it wasn't snowy or anything. It was chilly, but it wasn't cold, cold. It wasn't freezing. Um, so, yeah, overall, it was, like, really nice. Uh, the racing was super cool. Yeah. We had uh, – I'm kind of bummed. They um, – so they they had qualifying for the pros but not for the hooligans, and I got stuck in a heat race. In my heat race, including myself, there were four guys that were in the main event last year. And this is four guys out of 48 last year. Like, I mean, it's just, it, so it was a super, super stacked heat race. And the way they did it, you had to win your heat race to go to the main. Yeah. Or then you, then you went to a Concy and you had to win your Concy to go to the main. I noticed and that it, they were, they were only taking the top two and they said there was like 60 something on like 68 riders or something in the there were, class. Yeah, there was uh 54 showed up, 60 registered. They only took one out of each. So one out of each heat, which was eight guys, and then one out of each Conti, which was four more. So there was only 12. Damn, that's a lot of dudes racing the hooligan class. Yeah, and it would be cool, but it's like there's absolutely no reason that we did not qualify. Like, not to be a dick to, to the promoters and the pros, but the hooligans sold that place out. Like, the pros do not. Actually, I say that. Like, the boonie bikes, people love that shit, too. But, I mean, sorry, the pros aren't the ones really selling big numbers of tickets. Like, the hooligans are. And your sponsor of your event doesn't care about the 450 pros or the boonie bikes. They care about the Harleys. So, like, there's no reason you can't make time to give the hooligans qualifying. 
Like all they had to do, and I don't know why they didn't do it, was time practice because we got two practice sessions. They could have been time, but they didn't. It's a bummer. I got stuck in a super, super stacked heat. And then my Conti, I got a horrible start. I don't even know why, but just got smoked in the, it wasn't even that bad, but coming out at two, I was on the outside trying to get around guys on the outside and a dude went right up to the wall. So I chopped it and I went under him. And then I had a bike got hung up on my tail going into three and it like stood me up. It threw him down. Like he just, he didn't slow down enough going into three. So he kind of stood the bike up and the front wheel hit my bike and like the forks or something kind of got hooked on the rear of the bike. So I had to ride out from under him. So then I'm in like next to last place and I have like six or eight laps to make up like eight positions. Um, but I was like, I guarantee I was the fastest student in that Conti, but I was just clicking them off one at a time, like a couple guys a lap really. And, uh, I, it had slickened up a little bit and I got a little excited coming out of two and just low sided it. <laughs> yeah. So, I saw, I was like, I, I did see that start and I was like, Oh crap. Like there was a ton of dudes and you, and you get, you did get buried. And then, yeah. uh, it was a lot of the riders have requested that they move the start line back anything, 10 feet, 20 feet. Yeah. Like, and one of the guys was like, well, this is how we always do it. And I go, you're right. You should never, ever change. And he got so bummed out. And I'm just like, that's a horrible excuse. Like, if you can come up with a good excuse, I'll listen. But don't just be like, well, this is what we do. Yeah. Well, if this is what we did, flat track would be dead right now. Yeah. So, like, you have to change. You have to figure out new ideas. And the thing is, like, if they would try to move the starts back and it didn't work, then go back to where they're at. Yeah. But they don't. And I'm just like, dude, because it, it literally, like, there is no time to spread out. And everyone's like, well, we'll be going faster into turn one. Like, you don't think we're going faster into turn three on the first lap? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, it gives chance, it gives people a chance to spread out a little bit. And it, it really, like, the way it is, if you have the pole or second, there's like a 99% chance you're coming out of turn two in the lead. But if you're like third, fourth, or fifth on the front line, like, you're screwed. Yeah, but, most most of the guys, uh, most of the racing, because I watched the whole thing, and uh, it is like the most of them, if they didn't crash later in the race, they pretty much held the line. Like JJ took the yeah. ultimate win, and he came off pretty good, and you know got that kind of hold shotted, but made his made it like uh, established the lead, I guess, by turn uh, one and then basically just had to like ride it out and everybody else. Yeah. If yeah. you were back in the pack, there were some fast guys that got bad starts or and, do, or and dudes. The thing uh, is, yeah. If they would, if they would time us and practice and give us a qualifying time and then do the lineup based on that, then it would be fair. But when I'm on the line with Benny Carlson and Vestal and I forgot the other guy's name and I'm fourth on the line, so there's like two of the guys were inside of me. One was outside of me and there was like a slow guy in the middle. Like, dude, like we were fucked. And it was just like, I don't know. It's such a long drive to have something that is not set up. It's like, we don't need an advantage. We need a fair shake. And I'm like, why am I driving three days, you know, 4,000 miles round trip Yeah. to, to get like a shitty event like that and be done for the day. Yeah. Your old old lady's going to be mad that you're not bringing back rent money or something, you know, she'd be like, dude, I think it it only paid a couple hundred bucks. It doesn't pay that well. Yeah. But, um, other than that, the racing was good. I did a super epic burnout. 
and all but one person fucking loved it. Um, I know. I, I saw the trolling on uh, Instagram. <laughs> it's funny. Like some of the shit the guy said, I want to be like, do you even realize what you're saying? He was something like something about Midwest and California. And I'm like, well, I guess if the Midwest ever came up with anything instead of waiting on us to invent it first, like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, dude, but the Midwest did not like do anything hooligan racing. Like, not that we invented it, but we had, we did invent what it has turned into and we did start what it's turned into. And it was all in Southern California. And like, you guys waited three years to hop on board. Like, don't be butthurt. Like, that's not my fault. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, I think his, I think his issue is, uh, he didn't. He doesn't like burnouts. He must be like a tire. He must work for a tire company. He doesn't like his stuff. Yeah, being he's abused. like a wheelie guy, so you know he does burnouts. And then he said, "Like, well, I didn't throw rubber all over the track. I was thirty feet off of the track. Like, I was in the same arena, but you can't do a burnout on the track. It's too sticky. Like, I thought I was gonna snap my forks off the first time I tried it. So you have to go off the edge. <laughs> so that's why yeah. I went off the edge. Yeah, it was not even close. Like." And I get like, okay, I wasn't in the A main. Like, I kind of agree with them, but so many people are so pumped, including like people at Harley's. At Harley, they're like, this is why we want you guys because you're showmen. They're like, Butcher's going to do wheelies. You're going to do a burnout. Like, that's why you guys, that's why we want you guys here. Yeah. Like, I actually, and I straight up told him, I'm really, really bummed with JJ and his hooligan bike because he painted it like a fucking race bike. And I'm just like, dude, you had this bitch in black and gold. Like I said before how hooligan racing is like WWE and like, that is what makes it fucking great. Like it, it's, that is the basis for what makes it rad because fans are entertained. So I was just like, dude, I was like, like, yeah, your bike looks super bitching, but it, looks like a legit race bike. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I felt like I had more personality before. <laughs> and it wasn't like, I wasn't like mean or whatever. And I, I think he, like, he kind of got what I was saying too, but I'm like, yeah, you, you could have fucking anodized those PM wheels gold and threw them on the old paint job. And it was rad. Yeah. But <clears throat> that's whatever. Funny. I never thought of that because a lot of the guys that have, you know, like Honda Repsol edition or like Kawasaki KRT or old street trackers and stuff, they take these street bikes and try to make them look like race bikes. And it's funny that, you know, you're racing and you're like, no, leave it like a street bike. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, like the, I mean, the hooligan to, is like the opposite, you know? Yeah. To a point, I mean, not necessarily street bike, but just like fit the rider personality. Like I have been known for that AMF copied paint job. Like, you know, we got our buddy James, uh, Rick, Rick James on IG who does the purple rain thing. And he even, like he said, he's like, I got to get a new tank. Like that one's all beat up. And I'm like, dude, you got to at least paint it purple and put a print sign on it. And he's like, Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, my buddy did that fancy paint job and I'm like, yeah, but like you're known for that paint job. Yeah. And we were, when we were driving to Salem, he's going to get some new leathers and he's like talking about colors. Like he wants to do a white base and, he was like talking about other stuff and I'm like purple and gold. And he's like, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, like, or, or that's what you're known for. Or white and purple with like purple, you know, the purple rain thing on it or something. The well, So he's thing. thinking like a white base with purple stripes and like gold lettering. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. 
But I'm like, dude, when, when we say James Garcia and everyone's like, who? And you're like, Purple Rain. And they're like, oh. Yeah. So, and then he also, he won a print from Nate Bickham. And Nate, like, did, like, his, like, portrait. And then he did, like, a Prince Purple Rain, like, lighter in the background, kind of. And I'm yeah. like, see, dude, now you're stuck. Like, that's what people know you for. Yep. Like, butcher's I, bikes are known for the, the black and yellow. Like, yeah. it's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's their colors, right. It's like a character more or as much as anything else, but that's kind of an important part of it. Yeah. And oddly, funny enough, mentioning, talking about Rick James, I went to Art Ride and I saw that print. Nate had a, another of that print for sale. And I, I looked at that and I went, God, I've taken a picture of that bike at the track first tracker cross. And like, yeah, yeah. That, that bike is like, it, you see it now and you're like, oh shit, there's that bike, you know, Purple yeah. Rain. Yeah, that's yeah, rad. So. I don't know. It's it's just kind of a funny part about hooligan racing, but it it kind of um, you know it makes it you know it just makes it where people like people root for the riders more, I think, and it, it makes it like super cool. Um, and it's like the underdogs, like dude, to have that many guys up there riding. Some guys fast, some guys not fast, but like the new guys that were so excited to go out and ride was so cool. Um, it was just great to see, and it's. You know, I was talking to someone about the X Games this year, and it's going to be a little bit smaller track, but it's going to be indoor and it's going to be dirt. Um, it's going to be over with like the jumps and everything for the X Games. It's going to be at the same facility. And I told him, I'm like, you know, if there's one thing that the pros need to learn from the hooligans, it's that you can have a damn good event on a small track with a big bike. And the guy was like, exactly. He goes, you guys are hooking around 450 pound bikes on that thing that, you know, this was Saturday. He's like last night. And he's like, the pros won't do anything less than a half mile. And I don't think that comes from the riders. Um, you know, they've just, it, when they were allowed to choose and they could ride a 450 and a 450 was faster to small track, they would ride it. And I get that, but they're not going to be that much slower and I think one thing that people are scared of is if you do a tight track or a tight TT and you make the twins ride twins and the singles ride singles, well, what if the singles are set in faster lap times than the twins? Right. And I think they don't know what to do about that because fans aren't going to know what to do. Well, but the, the, the slow class was faster this week. Like, well, they're on a bigger, heavier bike. And what people don't understand about dirt is horsepower doesn't really win, but they have more horsepower. So, you know, it's, I don't know. I get that part of it, but the X Games are going to be a little bit smaller track this year, and I think they're going to have to race on it. Where, so, where are they going to be this year? Minneapolis again. Okay. Are you, gonna, <laughs> are you guys going to be going back there? Yeah. Rad. For sure. That event's like at the top of my list. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully not another the X drive. Games, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's true. Someone's got to drive. Uh, speaking of X Games and, uh, you know, we're I think – I don't remember if you and I had talked on the show about the Guardado brothers doing the snow bikes with the Harleys this year. And I saw, I saw a bunch of photos of them parked out front of uh, somewhere. I, I guess it was out in front of where the, wherever Mama tried the, the center where it was. But, um, yeah. Those and the guys, one show they had them parked out front. Yeah, okay. So those guys didn't do so hot. I noticed Mark slid out too. Like the SoCal boys didn't have a very good showing at this year's 
uh, event, and there was a hell of a lot more guys, it seems like, than there was last year. And and you said there was a bunch of new riders, huh, so that, that came in? and Yeah, um, Heatherly that won, and a lot of the guys in the main, and a lot of the fast guys were fast last year, too. I think um, for the SoCal guys, when you talk about Sean and Aaron, Sean's about the only one that's ever that quick. Aaron will get a lucky run one in a, once in a while or a good start and hold people off for a couple laps, uh, like the Concy actually that he was in. But um, fast, I mean, we still had, we had the first and second position in the main event. Yeah, uh, Vi- Virus got in there, right? I mean, he was like... Yeah, Virus and then Fast J, but Fast J, <laughs> I heard him kind of blame Virus and it's kind of both of their faults. Fast Jay tried to, he got a little bit of lead and he tried to take away turn one right away. And uh, virus just ran over his foot. You know, I don't think it was intentional. Neither does fast Jay, but um, it happened and it, it, it fucked his ankle up pretty good. So Jay pulled off. He thought it might've been broken for a minute. So it got like ran over and kind of sucked up somehow. Yeah. I, I, I saw him go off and I thought that was weird. Cause he didn't crash. I just saw him like yeah. bail off. Yeah, and that opened the door up for Heverly, and he got around uh, Virus. But I mean, you know, we still had we still had fast guys in the main, um, still had guys representing in the main. You know, I I saw Butcher on Saturday, and a lot of people were like, "Oh man, what happened? You didn't make the main." And he was like, "I underestimated Buddy Subtle." Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Uh, come to find out, I heard you know, when they were talking with him afterwards or no, maybe they talked to him beforehand. Diana Dahlgren was interviewing him and he's actually been, I guess, practicing a little bit. And yeah, he was one quick dude, you know, Uh butcher or buddy. No buddy. Yeah. Well, Buddy's a talented rider. I mean, and he's on a motorcycle all the time. I mean, he's one of the unknown riders. He's the main unknown rider. So he's on a motorcycle regularly. Um, you and know, it, putting a lot of time in. Yeah. And if you guys and, are wondering, it's not that he's unknown. It's unknown industries uh, that yeah. Chris is talking about. He's They're they're yeah. literally doing... They're very cra- known. Yeah, they're very known. And they're always doing some... Like, they jump their fucking dinas and shit. So they're they're pretty comfortable hucking shit around, I think. he's He travels and does part of the NASCAR circuit. And they do stunt shows at NASCAR races. So he's definitely a talented rider. Uh, and Buddy rode good. You know, he rode smooth. He made a couple mistakes in the Conti, but he had a, enough lead to back it up. I think Mark just got impatient. I think Mark could have got him because Buddy made mistakes on his own, so he would have made mistakes with pressure. Yeah, um, yeah. Mark was but, going definitely going for the inside when he had to lay it and down. On the, it was yeah, it was going into one on the second lap, and you know I, I made a mistake. Also, I can't talk too bad, but. Um, you know, that shit happens. I mean, it's racing. It's a big event. Your adrenaline's going. Um, you want to be out front and you want to push it. And honestly, like, dude, everyone stepped their game up. And honestly, like, I'm one of the oldest dudes out there. Like, everyone's like, oh, man, you didn't do that well. And I'm like, you try being fucking almost 35 years old and hanging with those dudes. <laughs> yeah, But Vestal, like, he's like 112 and he is still pretty, he's still yeah, he pretty is. good. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And... I don't know. I feel like I'm still relevant. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, it is what it is. It's racing. And, and some guys had some bad luck, but, um, we'll be back in honest August to do it again. You know, you never yeah. know. We might be out again and we might be in again. So yeah. And there's always it, next year. Yeah. And it's super cool. It's funny because like so many guys are like, 
because like the Harley hooligans got beat. Like they're like, well, why are the Harley hooligans getting money? Well, again, like you should have started it five years ago and uh, maybe you could have got something, but Oh, dude, there's there's like guys in NASCAR that haven't won and Formula One and MotoGP that haven't won for. I mean, you see at, this, you see the same look three at guys. Danica Patrick, she was one of the highest paid NASCAR drivers there was, and I don't think she ever won like a championship. Like, you know, there's so much more to it than yeah. winning and losing. But like, I was talking to my buddy at Harley, and he was asking me about the pro team. He was asking me about us, and you know, I've been told that they don't care if we win or lose. It's not about that for them. And I'm like, no, if you want to sponsor a racer, if you have a racer that doesn't care if they win or lose, you probably shouldn't give them any money. Like, yeah, it's like, like dude, get, getting an A for if you show up to school or not. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's racing and you might not be that talented, but you want to, you want to go out and you want to ride your ass off and you want to do the best that you can. If you're fighting for 10th or fighting for 20th, like you want to go out and you want to have a battle and you want to beat someone that you haven't beat before. And it doesn't always go in your favor, but you know, I'm in the mindset, like I up to that race to win. Like yeah. I did some serious laps on the XG. It felt really good. I messed with gearing a little bit, dude. I got in practice. I was playing with it and it's, it's hard in a race and practice or in, you know, in traffic, but I came out of two and I sat back on the bike and yanked up cause I was, on the XG, they pull really hard. And I was getting dudes coming out of corners when it slickened up, made it even harder. But, uh, I knew I could, I was, no matter what I did on the gearing of the bike, I was hitting the rev limit of the hole straightaway. And I was like, well, fuck dude, this isn't right. So I figured out I was spinning the wheel. So I yanked up on it coming out of two and it pulled the front end off the ground for the straightaway, like just like a half inch, but I felt it come and I felt the forks bottom out. And I was like, damn, like it would rip, but you know, like I, I put time in and was like trying to get for it. It was a totally new bike. Yeah. It feels good on the pavement. Doing like, but, just trying body English to see what worked and what was getting more traction and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the tires were like, it was sliding around for sure, but I think fresh tires on that stuff are even worse. Yeah. It was a good time. Like we got to go represent. Harley was excited. That place was sold out. Like, but I don't know what they consider sold out because it was not full all the way to the top, but all the way to the fourth level had people in it. And I would say it was full all the way up to third level and about half of the fourth level. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure how many of the WIR top 10 guys were there, but I know that a few were there. Jason Golmeyer was saying that like the hipster force is strong there. There was so many beer, <laughs> beards and pompadours and I started laughing and then right. – when you were doing the burnout, I was like, oh, yeah, Chris is smoking them out because they made a huge deal of that at the after the race. You know, they were like, that's a hooligan right there. The whole arena is smoked out. And I was kind of chuckling. And uh, Chris Singsheim commented. So I don't know if he was there or if he just saw that, too. But it was cool. I thought he said he was going up there, but I never got to meet him. So, yeah, he's too fast. I mean, this the guy, he doesn't just <laughs> ride 150 miles an hour. He, he walks 150 miles an hour. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about me. You did. And Mama Tried was awesome, dude. It was there. Yeah. Was a, it was so crowded, though. There were so many bikes, so many people on the floor with the bikes. Um, we had a decent table set up, but I wish it could have been better. It was good at the beginning of the day when people were walking in because it was right by the entrance. But then once people started like stop coming in, 
they all went upstairs to where the bikes were and it was pretty dead for us. Um, and I didn't sell too much. I think I just sold two items at the show yeah. and two items before the show, but four items out um, of 30, that ain't too bad. Yeah. But it was fun. It was cool to get like the name out and have people see it and stuff like that. So, but it was funny cause like all I do is sell on Instagram. So guys were like, Oh, do you have a business card? And I'm like, do you have Instagram? They're like, no. And I'm like, so even if I had an Instagram or even if I had a business card, it wouldn't really do any good. I guess I could put my email on it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and they could email me and I could email them back and forth, but yeah, whatever. It was the first one. It was just cool to set up. I definitely need to work on like a, like a display. Like I need a table logo thing. Yeah. And then I need like uh, something to hold up some blades. I just had him like kind of set out on the table. You need one of those old wooden Indian guys and you just pop the cigars out of his hand and pop some blades in there. <laughs> but, uh, um, did you get to meet, you hung out with Caroline too? Was she there? Yeah, she was at the same table. So it was cool. Like people come up and they were buying mugs and they, if I was standing there, they'd buy a mug with me on it. They'd have me sign it. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, is it? Yeah. And, it, and it's harder than you thought to write on something round, right? <laughs> yeah, I signed my name and lost half the C. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> and so, then I heard you, or did you maybe, you, you texted me that you ran into Narissa at the Fuel Cafe on Thursday? I did. Right. Yeah. How was that? She I mean, I, up, I saw Butcher doing a burnout. I saw him jumping mini bikes off the bar so we didn't and all get this there shit. that early. We, um, let's see, we took our bikes over to Harley. And then we had to get them back. And then we had to like storm in the trailer overnight. And then we had to take them back in the morning. So we just, um, we went over to Harley, like took some bikes over there, loaded them back in the, or no, then we went and ate. Then we loaded them back in the trailer and then we went over to fuel, but the burnout and the bar jump was already done. So we missed that, but. Did you get it? Cool. Did you get to do shots off of Mark's belly button? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, two, dude. Two hey, fat spe- dudes doing belly shots. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, on the last show, it was kind of funny. You were taking a pee while we were talking. He <laughs> he went to take a piss and he fell out the fucking. He passed out in midstream and ate shit. Did you have you seen his Instagram for the past couple of days? Oh yeah, and like tore his ear all up. Oh dude, something. he tore his ear up and it looks like he got kicked by a mule in the head. Like that's one yeah. rough piss. Like Yeah. Sit down next time. But that's I mean this is like what he's doing kind of what you're doing. I don't know if he's alone, but No, it's him and Virus are driving a okay. van. Yes. So, so but makes it a little better. They're probably home, but long, long hours on the road, though. I mean, this is like what you guys have to deal with to to do just a when, hooligan race for you know for shits yeah. and giggles, kind of. And people don't realize, like, yeah, Harley covered my gas and my hotel, but they didn't cover my days off work. Yeah. So it's like that stuff is super hard. You know, like I burned through most of my vacation for the year at work. So like on one hand, yeah, I'm getting paid, but on the other end, like. I'm out of vacation time and it's February. Yeah. So it, it's like super rough. You know, those, those are like things that people don't really think of. They think like the SoCal, like the Harley hooligan guys get like all this shit from Harley. And I'm like, not really like, it's yeah. still like, which I was talking to him at, at Harley and I'm like, to a point, that's a good thing. I'm like, cause we talk about, we talked about the indie, like this dude was high up and he wanted to know some shit that, he would ask questions and I was like, I probably shouldn't say anything. And I'm like somewhere about like the pro team. And I'm like, that's my job somewhere about hooligans. And I'm like, 
I can't like, I have too much like writing on that. And he's like, I want to know all the good, like, I want to know exactly what's going on. And I'm like, I just don't like, I don't know. I was like, I just can't, but we talked about like the Indian team and like what they have done for bike development and stuff like that. And at one point, like, I'm actually glad that they don't like just pay us a bunch of money to go there because like, dude, like if we're going to go, we want to go. Yeah, like that's what being still, that's what being a hooligan's all about. Is it? You're not a paid absolutely. racer. You're not a paid and racer still, anymore. And you're still passionate about going to the event. And I think you know if if I got, I mean, I guess getting my days off work would be rad. It would be rad for someone like Bronny that has a shop and doesn't have vacation time. But you know, so like, yeah, if I got my my days off work paid for, that would be rad. But like if I got like a grand just to show up, it's like, don't get me wrong. Like that would be awesome. And I know people listening are like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, of course that'd be awesome. But, (laughs) but what does that do to the racing? Like as a whole. And I think that's like something like kind of up for debate and something that people need to look at. But I think, you know, so part of the way Harley's doing it, I think is, is on point. Like, you know, yeah, I get to be like supported and sponsored by Harley and yeah, they help out. But they're also like, Hey, you have to love it. We're not going to pay you enough that you're not like that. You're not going to love it and still do it. Like, right. You know, you have to still love it. So, and also, yeah. And also for Harley, you have to figure that they're struggling right now. They're trying to use like this engagement to bring up the brand and they'd have to sell a CVO to pay 33. If they paid everybody a thousand bucks, that's a CVO that they're, they'd have to sell to pay 33 guys on Harleys. Cause I'm sure there wasn't all Harleys, but you know, right. to pay every hooligan that showed up, like there was at least 33 people on Harley. Well, I'm just worried about the, like the official Harley hooligans. Uh Oh yeah. No one else really drove, um, 30 hours. <laughs> JJ just like drove down the street. He's like, Hey, it's down the street. <laughs> yeah. I think he's out of Milwaukee a little bit, but yeah, but no, I mean, it was super rad event. Mama tried was cool. There were super cool bikes. The speed merchant Bronny built soft tail fucking killed it yeah um if listeners haven't seen it if you're if you're not into harleys check it out if you're into harleys check it out like it's just it's so rad though it's like so rad and so simple but it's not simple like there's a lot done to it like the entire subframe's gone and redone the entire swing arm was machined and welded the front end has been narrowed it's got custom wheels back to a Dyna size. I believe it's a 17 and a 19 on it. It was a fat Bob. It's got a stock tank that really looks stock only. It, they, he put a set of gauges in it. So he had to like weld a little cylinder in it and repaint part of it. Um, but it like, it's so well done and he did carburetor it to get rid of a bunch of wires. So you can see through the subframe and yeah. under the subframe and stuff. But yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, it looks so rideable. And you better be on your game on the track when I hit it with that thing because that thing's gonna rip. Yeah, and during the pre-show, so. they they had a they. I think they talked to a few people that were racing and had show bikes, and of course he was one of them that they talked yeah. to. And so there's a. I don't have that on our page. I just have the race up on the Facebook page. But uh, if you want to go back to Harley's website, you can't. You are their their Facebook page. You can go back there and still stream like the pre-show and check out the brawny built flat trackers. And I think the soft tail was on there too. So it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's rad. Yeah. It's really well done. Um, but there was, dude, there was an NR seven fifty, and then, well, like I see an, I see a, there was an RC 30, right. And I was like, Oh 
drool up the butt bike. And then everyone's like, did you see the art, the, or art, yeah, or whatever it was, the NR750. Fuck, I'd have blanked out, <laughs> which is the one we talked about on our motor challenge. Yeah, like, that yeah. was my final week. Like, that was a, how rare is that thing in the States? Oval that's, piston. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the oval piston, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Carver had a brand new Indian flat tracker and an XR750 flat tracker. There was actually like three or four old XR flat trackers. There was a K series flat tracker, which is even older. Like there was the, some the KR750? Maybe. Yeah. There was a uh, 1902, like pre Harley, no one even knows the make bike. So I wonder huh. like what year, how they even know it's from 1902. Yeah. They don't some, know who made it. Yeah. This place, a uh, uh, patent stamping on it somewhere. Maybe. But so that was cool to see something that old. Uh, was it a triumph? Maybe. I mean, there was actually in 1901 and 1902, there were so many motorcycle companies around. It could have been anybody. Yeah. I think it was American. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Like you think, you know, you think back there were because there were bicycles with motors like for a yeah, while. There was until, like a hundred up until the Great Depression. There were about a hundred mo- American yeah. motorcycle manufacturers. Yeah. So shit, it could have been anybody. And Harley and Indian were about the only two to make it through World War One. Yeah. And they were just smart and advertised, or you know, got hooked up with the military. Yeah, because because Indian so. didn't make it far after World War Two. So. Yeah, they were done for. Right. It's funny, like all the hype about Indian stuff. And I'm like, you know, they've been gone longer than they've been around. Right. <laughs> In one form or another, like somebody bought the name, but they didn't do anything. You know, they didn't. Uh, yeah. And like the crazy thing about Harley too, is if you go back to ep- or the episode that I did, when the Harley and Indian thing was going on at the Peterson, I basically went through this whole history of it. And Harley, nice. Harley Davidson has had the longest continual ownership by a family member, like the the original uh, four guys well, that own. What about the what about AMS years? Yeah, well, even then, they're in the uh, what's it called the chair? You know the 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 board, whatever the hell I'm trying to think of the uh, the board of chairs, the chair board. Oh yeah, <laughs> the board of directors. Yeah. Um, has I think there's always been a Harley, a and of course with it. Willie G being like the the famous guy now, who's like part of the creative. Even if they yeah. weren't like Matt Levitich is the CEO, I have no idea where he fits in. But I'm just saying, like through the years, they've had at least somebody working at uh, with Harley Davidson. Still is kind of they still, still a, had the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. One of the descendants, at least, even if their last name wasn't the same. Like it was a female that got married. There's always right, been right. somebody there, right? But that's so cool. Yeah. Hey, I we got to jump off here. Okay. And uh, may, well, I'll tr- we'll try and hook up again when you're when you're in Cali. It actually rained here last night. I don't know what's happening uh, in California. We're finally getting winter time here at the uh, toward the middle of February, but it, it rained for a hot second. But now it's back up into the 60s. It's been in the oh, 50s. Man. I've been freezing my buns off. But uh, when you get back into town, we'll try and. Maybe before, if we can do it before this show comes out, we'll try and hook up and do a, a try person, add a little more person to person. We'll and, see how uh, I feel. Right yeah. now, I'm debating work tomorrow. I'm supposed <laughs> to go back to work tomorrow, but right. I just don't like. I don't see me getting home until late tonight. Like I am still 40, 50 miles from maybe less than that Flagstaff. Yeah, which is um, a, which is a haul, you know, back which to is here. still eight hours home yeah. or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. you're quite a ways, man. 
I'm still trucking. Plus, yeah. depending on what time I hit the area, how's traffic going to be to get to Long Beach? Yeah, so, uh, terrible at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then I got to like unload the trailer and get it parked. Right. I'm not real stoked. Yeah. But, so we may see you this week and we may not. We'll, by the time this comes out, the listeners will know. <laughs> but Yeah. I'm glad you had fun, and I'm glad you're on the way back, and and uh, everything turned out pretty cool. And then, yeah. uh, and until you get home, I'll yap at you later. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We'll right. see you later. All right, bye. All right, Grandma and Grandpa, we're gonna get out of here. I'm not feeling so hot. Um, just gonna do some current events and tell you what's coming up uh march tomorrow the back roads or bust a uh, timed back road blast from brisbane to byron i've been saying this for a long time it's happening in lovely australia and it's already tomorrow by the time you're hearing this on friday it's already tomorrow there what in the world so uh also march 3rd the off-road swap out at lake elsinore go check that out uh, march 10th moto chop shop five-year anniversary party march 11th the hell on wheel scramble at lake elsinore lake elsinore is gonna be busy the next few weekends uh the 18th is at the auto club speedway there's gonna be some nascar why do i mention that because i think the guys from unknown industries are going to be out there uh, doing like motorcycle stunt stuff. And um, that's the 18th at uh, Auto Club Speedway right out here in Fontana. The 18th also up in NorCal at the Sacramento Raceway Park. It's going to be the Street to Track. Moto, mini motorbikes, well, minis and mini motorcycles and scooter show. Um, Steady Garage turned us on to this one, and they're going to have drag races too. So mini drag races, mini moto show. <coughs> Excuse me. The 24th is uh, Veggie Plate Classic returns to Paris. And uh, there, it's going to include some speedway. This is round three. And uh, Matt from My Motorbike Obsession is going to be out there checking it out taking part um the 31st is the og moto show happening here in la that's the outliers guild <clears throat> probably gonna try and hit that one up <clears throat> pardon me excuse me so much the 31st through april 29th so like a whole month is uh, the bengaluru india it's the moto art show at the people tree art gallery uh i talked to Brian Viffer at uh, Art Ride CA, he had just come back from India and he's going to be here for a few weeks before he goes back. He's working over there right now. Interesting, interesting stuff that he's talked about. He sent me some pictures from his work over there too. He's been over there, uh, you know, back and forth for the last few months. Sent me some pretty interesting uh, Indian customs and Indian transportation. You ever, you ever think like riding two up on a BMW's hard, you ought to ride five up on a 125 Bajaj. Um, and then of course the Daytona bike week, that's the big one I should have mentioned here at the very beginning. It's going from March 3rd to 9th. There's going to be flat track. I think there's going to be supermoto. Um, we'll see if the Daytona 200 happens this year. I'm going to look more into that since this <coughs> is coming up next week. So, uh, we're going to find that out for you. I'll, maybe I'll add something um, to our Facebook and Instagram once I find out what's going on with that. I can't believe it's already happening. It's already here. Um, April. 
the 8th is the Bare Necessities run. It got changed from, uh, I think it was the 15th that it was going to happen, but it's been changed to the 8th. This is a run where you bring, like, uh, for men, women, and kids, you bring, like, the Bare Necessities. You bring socks, underwear, stuff like that that people need, <clears throat> and it's a run to donate to those who need a hand out and a hand up. And it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the American Legion Post number 79 in Riverside. So check that out and bring an unopened uh, necessity undergarment or whatever. Uh, the 14th of April, <clears throat> the Hilly Hilly Kipper or Hippie Killer, whichever one you prefer. Uh, the Hippie Killer Hoedown is going to be going down. Of course, check Instagram and Facebook for all that jazz. For the Hilly Kipper... That's a secret one. You have to know the passcode and you have to bring an egg to an underground uh, liquor store in Hollywood to find out where that one's going to be. Uh, on the 15th of April, the Willow Springs Classic Bike Track Day. And April 27th through 29th, Babes in the Dirt, which is like Babes Ride Out, but for motor, uh, mo- like motocross, like, you know, dirt bike girls. So that'll be pretty fun. Um, getting into May, there's going to be the 4th and the 5th is the Quail, which is up for NorCal. The 5th, there's going to be the Californian at Santa Anita Raceway Park, which is a raceway for horses. And uh, it'll be on the infield there, just like the, it's the second one. So there was one last year that was pretty cool. It's like a concourse of old cars and motorcycles and stuff like that. Sort of like the quail, but for down here in SoCal. <clears throat> and then May 13th, the Hell on Wheels scrambles at Glen Helen. That ought to be pretty cool. So we got some scrambles happening here in SoCal. We got some flat tracking happening here. More scrambles. So everybody get your old clunkers out. Hell on Wheels stuff is really fun. They put on the most hooligan and low budget, like low uh low class low intensity stuff it's super fun to come out to hell on wheel stuff and check it out and i can't wait to check out veggie plate classic because that's gonna be a paris which is always a uh, a top top venue all right everybody that's it for this week's show if you want to get in touch with us look us up on the web at creative-writing.com send us an email at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com uh, send any questions you have. What type of hairbrush do you use? Do you have beard wax? Uh, what's your favorite color? To askwigs, A-S-K-W-I-G-G-Z at gmail.com. Check our links page on our website to find out other great podcasts like the Motorcycles Misfits motorcycle men anything with the name motorcycle in it is frankly uh one of my faves the loud pipes podcast who are the guys that put on the motorcycle podcast challenge the wheel nerds who's our good buddies chuck and todd who hosted the round table that we crashed and took over and all the other lovely ones especially girl on a moto and cleveland moto and anything that has moto in it so motorcycle or moto you're probably good to go thanks that's the uh that's it from the creative riding motorcycle podcast i'm out and i'm gonna die Check us out at creative-writing.com. Uh, <clears throat>
or God, I'm going to re-record this. It's terrible. I'm just going to PX my truck. I think I may have given Naked Jim an erection. And I'm like, fuck, I got a flat. Thank you.